UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. The focus of this year's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mass Celebration in Kansas City was on reparations for black Kansas Cityans. And the city council is taking steps on that front. Last week, the council voted to establish a committee to study the issue. The city has 90 days to form a commission to advise the city on the issue. Kansas City would not be the first city to adopt reparations, which Dr. King himself once talked about. To, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base. And yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate, and therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. And when white Americans tell the Negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps, they don't, oh, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation. I believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our own bootstraps. But uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. The words of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Joining us now is one of the people spearheading this push for reparations in Kansas City, and that's Mickey Dean, a founder and leader of the KC Reparations Coalition, which started this movement here in town. Mickey, it's nice to have you on Up to Date. Welcome. Uh, it's good to be on, Steve, and that's a great quote from Dr. King. It is, isn't it? Um, well, the city council is now focused on this issue, and I'm wondering, what do you make of the co- commission that's been formed here and where we're headed? Well, first of all, uh, the commission has actually not been formed yet. The mayor has uh, 90 days to appoint the commission, but I think it's a great step forward for Kansas City. Uh, you know, there are not a lot of major cities that have set up commissions so far, and so I think that you know, we're ahead of the curve in some regards, but there are many commissions that, that are actually uh, functioning now. And so we're looking forward to uh, getting our commission going. But I think it's a great step forward for Kansas City and the fact that the council voted overwhelmingly to uh, set up this commission. It, it says that uh, we're on the road. You know, the commission would have to make a recommendation, Mickey, to the city council. The city council would have to approve that recommendation. So we're still several steps away from any dollars changing hands here. But I'm wondering how confident are you that you'll ultimately be satisfied with the resolution here, whatever that turns out to be? Well, I think, first of all, people have to understand that municipalities are not really equipped to uh, provide uh, total repertory justice for, for, for black people. We're, we're going to be investigating five areas of, of disinvestment in Kansas City. And at the end of this process, uh, proposals will be made in each one of those areas. Now, city government, of course, is, is one of the historical culprits, but there are also other institutions, financial institutions, educational institutions. And so uh, we're going to be 
uh, approaching those institutions for them to uh, deal with the role that they played in disinvestment in Kansas City in black community. So hopefully at the end that there'll be some, some repertory justice from city government, but also hopefully for some other entities as well. You know, Mickey, I'm wondering what all this might wind up looking like, because some have said that in the past the focus has been on, you know, Band-Aid solutions, and now there's a need to find, you know, something more permanent, a long-term solution here. What do you think might be in the offing? Well, first of all, overall long-term solutions are going to have to come from the federal government, because I think the federal government or any other entity has been responsible for uh, the devastation in the black community. Dr. King, what he was referring to was the Homestead Act, where uh, I think it was uh, 160 acres were given to white families mm-hmm. uh, as they tried to clear Native people off their land. Uh, but what we're looking at is what can we do locally? What can Kansas City do to try to, to, to eliminate this very wide wealth gap, education gap, health care gap, uh, here in Kansas City. And so that's what the, the commission is going to be trying to look into to see what are some of the concrete things that can be done. It won't be a total remedy, obviously, because I don't think municipalities are capable of doing that. But we do want to see something that is more than a Band-Aid and something that can help uh, push us forward in, in closing these racial gaps that, that, that exist in Kansas City. And there have been for a long time and that were purposefully created. Mickey, give me an example of what you might be talking about. Well, for example, um, uh, in in the issue on, on the issue of healthcare, for example, uh, could we set up some type of a independent black uh, uh, healthcare institution that would deal not only with with people's physical ailments but also some of the mental issues that we have? What about in the issue of education? Could we talk about? Uh, maybe the establishment of an independent African-centered school or maybe uh, uh, scholarships for higher education. Uh, How about when it comes to the wealth gap? I'm sorry? How about when it comes to the wealth gap and closing that? Well, a a lot of reparations proponents uh, think that the primary way to close that wealth gap would be uh, direct cash payments. I don't know that that's something that that will happen here in Kansas City. I don't know. Like I said, uh, uh, all of this will will, will come out at the end of the process when the commission takes a look at all of these areas and say, what are the things that we can do to close this wealth gap? Uh, There are a lot of things that I think that, that, you know, can help in that process, you know, because if people have better job opportunities, if they have better opportunities to create businesses, if they have that opportunity uh, to have good health. I mean, all of those things will help ease that. But, of course, in, in, in dealing with the, the, the financial gap, uh, that's a difficult one. And mm-hmm. it's one that I think uh, is, is going to be more up to the uh, federal government to try to determine. But I, at this point, I just can't say uh, uh, directly how the wealth gap will be affected. But all of those things that I think that we're looking at are things that can really help to lessen that gap. We're talking about the possibility of reparations in Kansas City with Mickey Dean, founder and leader of the KC Reparations Coalition. Give me your 30-second talk here, Mickey, for why it's so important, in your view, to get this done. I think it's important to get it done for for two reasons. One is that the black community in Kansas City has been uh, ignored. Uh, There's been disinvestment for a number of years. And I think that, that uh, this is something that's due 
the black community. On the other hand, I think that, that reparatory justice will help the entire society. It, it, it's not good for the economy uh, of Kansas City to have one large section of the population to be so far behind economically. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in addition to, to helping the, the, the black community that has long been ignored and disinvested, uh, I think it, it benefits the city as a whole. And so that's why we think that everybody should really support this effort for reparatory justice. Is there any, you know, organized opposition to reparations in Kansas City that you've come across, Mickey? I don't know about any organized uh, opposition at this point. Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, when I when I see the results of national polls, the majority of whites still don't support uh, black reparations, but but uh, the the percentages are creeping up as more people understand more about what reparations is really all about, and and that's one of the things that we're going to be doing going forward is really doing more education to the entire city about what this process is really about. But I don't know of any organized opposition at this point. So you're saying that the polls suggest that there is slowly growing support for reparations. Am I hearing you right? I'm saying among among whites. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, black people overwhelmingly support reparations, but uh, gradually the numbers for whites who support reparations is, is really it's really going up, and I think that's the result of people beginning to understand uh, that that this is just the right thing to do. And there are a lot of people who really think that this country should do right by people that it has historically harmed. And so, yeah, those those numbers are creeping up. We'll be right back. You know, as you pointed out a few minutes ago, uh, the, the 13 members of this commission have not yet been named. Who needs to be on it, in your view? Well, I, I, I think that that's something that, that our coalition is really going to be taking a close look at. But I think that it would be helpful if we had people who are, who have expertise in those injury areas in terms of economic development, in terms of health care, education, et cetera. People who know how to go get the information uh, to determine, to, to make an assessment of the current level in the black community in each one of these areas, and also what institutions have been historically responsible. And then I think people with that expertise would be in the best position to make, uh, to, to put more proposals for repertory justice. And so I think that, that, uh, that we really need the people who have expertise in those injury areas. I think they would make good commissioners. How will members of the commission be selected? Per the ordinance, uh, all all members of boards and commissions are appointed by the mayor. Uh, in our conversations with the mayor, we have asked that we have some significant input from our coalition and from the black community uh, on selecting commissioners. So we think it will be a collaborative effort between the mayor, uh, our coalition, and others in the black community. So if the community wants to have a say in terms of who's on this committee, uh, this commission, the person to reach out to is Mayor Quentin Lucas. Well, what we're going to try to do is is uh, meet with the mayor and try to put in place a process uh, to select commissioners. And right now, I just don't know what that is. 
but uh, uh, at, at such time it will be announced and, and uh, the public will be made aware in case there are people who say, I think I'll be a good commissioner. Uh, Mickey, what happened on Monday at the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mass Celebration? The focus there, as I mentioned in the opening, was on reparations for black Kansas Cityans. Was there a discussion? Was there just a, was it a rally on behalf of? What, what happened on Monday? Well, basically, it was a it was a, a a panel discussion with three of the members of our coalition that they talked about um, the, the ordinance itself. They talked about uh, uh, what's going on around the country on, on, on in reparations. They talked about you know, just a discussion in general about what reparations are. Uh, Mayor Williams from the Kansas City Star did a presentation highlighting uh, the changes that are being that the Kansas City Star made based on its historical negative reporting. Uh, Councilwoman um, Robinson talked about the, the legislative process and how we got to this point. And then there was just a question that appeared from the uh, from the audience. But it was, a, it was a really great, informative discussion. And we appreciate SCLC for putting this, this issue on the front burner. Now, maybe a final point, Mickey. You mentioned a little bit ago that uh, support for reparations among whites across the country has gradually increased why do you think that is? Because, you know, 30 years ago, there was, you know, stout opposition to the idea. Why has that softened over the years? I think, I think more people are understanding what has been deliberately done to black people historically to hold them back, not only just during the, the, the enslavement period, but the whole Jim Crow period up until today. And I, and I think there are a lot of people that really believe, who believe in justice, and they think that something has to be done. Uh, to, to make the society more equal for black people. And, uh, you know, I think there's just more and more whites now who, who even though, you know, we, we hear about this backlash, and it's obviously out there, but I think there are more and more whites now who really believe in justice and believe that this is just the right thing to do. And I think the more they understand what we're talking about, I think the more support that we'll get. Okay, that's Mickey Dean. He's a founder and leader of the KC Reparations Coalition, which has started this movement here in Kansas City. Mickey, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for taking some time. Thank you.